Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by Allison Starlock, the writer and director behind the new film, The Apology. 20 years after the disappearance of her daughter, recovering alcoholic Darlene Hagen is preparing to host her family's Christmas celebration with her best friend Gretchen. Late Christmas Eve, Darlene's estranged ex-brother-in-law Jack arrives unannounced, bearing nostalgic gifts and a heavy secret. Soon, Darlene finds herself caught between reason and ruthless instinct, trapped together by a dangerous storm. A battle of wits escalates to a violent game of revenge. The apology will be in theaters and streaming simultaneously on Shudder and AMC on December 16th. Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really appreciate it. And right back at you. Appreciate your support. Well, I was right away. Your movie had me from the opening frames. Um, just I am somebody who appreciates sound design. I appreciate scores. And I think you have a really wonderful score as well as really impressive sound design in this film. Thank you so much. If I can just take a quick moment to like extremely gush over our composer, Yael yeah. Moore, who is just a genius and I'm not a use, word I use lightly. I would give her the slightest direction and she would create these incredible pieces. And Julie Diaz and the, and the team at Unbridled Sound were just magicians that made it so fun. Like I could make another movie just to hang out with those people. Um, yeah, so we're very fortunate. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, and, and there's sort of elements that are working together and I'm not sure where the sound design and the composer were, if they were yeah. working together on certain things, like there's noises that are clocks and these sort of off-putting things in the background that feel like they could be a part of the score, but it also feels like it could be the sound designer adding to it because they work in concert so well together. Oh, they did a great job with that. That was my intention as I wanted it to feel like it was all a bit organic in that way. Like there's, there's a bigness to the score as well that we wanted, but also that we that part of it was the world of the movie that would be part of the score. And I think they did a fantastic job. They didn't so much collaborate together as it was us kind of taking the pieces and marrying them. So yeah, they're wonderful. And you also um, just right away, right out of the jump, I'm somebody who I appreciate titles i think it's something that some often filmmakers overlook and it just feels like something that was slapped on as an overthought and it's something where you have this two to three minute window very often at the very beginning of the film where you can establish mood and you can tell something about the story and you do a really wonderful job of it's a beautiful title card but not only that but just building up the mood of the piece right up until that title card i really appreciate it. i think that while you don't know exactly what's going to happen i think you have a feeling for how it might happen Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm the same way. I'm a total like film title nerd. Like I'm always saying to my husband, I'm like, those are good titles. He's like, we're watching a movie. <laughs> you know? the same way. Yes, absolutely. I wanted something really special for them. And, and we just didn't have a lot of time and stuff for it. And uh, Kim Sherman, who was um, one of my producers, um, uh, my main creative partner on this, I think it was either her or our fantastic editor, Lana Wolverton, who landed on the idea of using the aerial in that way. And I was so great because I always intended to um, start with the neighborhood that was script on, but they were the one of them. I wish I could remember who to give proper credit. Uh, too many smart people on this movie. How do you know? You know, <laughs> how do you remember to like give the proper credit to all these smart people? But um, but but that elevated it. I felt like that was such a lovely tone. So cool. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, absolutely. Because then it goes into the house and you're continuing the feeling where you're shooting them at a distance, where you're shooting across an empty table that's, you know, this is 
supposed to be the holidays. It's supposed to be you know warm and cheery, and you know you show Christmas lights, but the way that the color palette is designed in this film, it feels muted and it's off-putting. It's you know it's very strange something that happens in film where colored lights can be somehow sinister and warm lights and if you're walking through a neighborhood in real life the white lights they feel less personal for some reason even though we have white lights at my house uh, but the colored lights are the ones that feel like there's there's kids there there's family there and it's just it's something that happens it's very strange in film yeah no I totally agree with you and that was part of what was fun to me about making a Christmas film was was making sure that we were um, embracing all of that all of the the sort of cinema history of that like the black christmas we thought about yeah. i thought about that a lot talked to our production designer tom obed and his amazing art team about that about how to use those lights in a way that is evocative like how much that little christmas tree on the table means to the story what it's is great. what is it what is it saying you know so much fun and and you're just you're keeping everything at this arm's length for almost the first half hour of the movie and then it kind of tells you what it is and really yeah. once it reveals itself which I don't want to give away because I think that the, the one of the joys of this movie is give, going through that half hour to see what this movie is, even though I think you might have a feeling of something's definitely wrong here, but exactly what's wrong. I don't think you'll maybe necessarily know. And I don't want to take that away from anyone. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think that that was always my intention is that it, you're not like fooled, but it is like you're lulled into things in the way that Darlene is in the way that yeah. she's, she's smart enough to realize something, what is going on here but she doesn't think anything on that level, you know? It's, so it's a, hopefully a, a surprise to folks. I think it will be because I, it's, um, it's one of those things where uh, I'm somebody who, when somebody shows up at my house unannounced, that's a very uncomfortable moment. hundred percent. So universal, right? Like, and especially yes. in the middle of the night, what are you doing here, bro? <laughs> yeah. Literally the, the day that I watched this movie, a neighbor, we have a wall around our backyard because we have a pool and a neighbor whose son was playing in our backyard jumped over our wall and then he came in through our back door. It was so, it was unsettling. It was horrible. It was just, and this is somebody who's been in my house a million times, that kind of thing. But then when somebody just walks in and you're not expecting it, it just, it can be devastating. It's such a bizarre thing. And I think you're playing with that here really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm an easily jump uh, I'm a jumper, you know, like my yeah. husband's like, I live here, stop jumping when I walk into the room. <laughs> you know? So that's definitely something where it was like, it was, and actually that initial thing with the knock on the door came from a dream. That's where this mm. idea for the movie first came from was, was this dream I had where it was a knock on the door. And it's like, right. What is, that's so terrifying to people, especially these days where most of our connection is, is online is, you know, on the phone is texting the idea that somebody shows up unannounced at any time of the day, let alone late on Christmas Eve, is uh, suspect. Oh, absolutely. And you, you got to talk about the casting of this thing, because really it's, a, I think the film looks great, sounds great, as I mentioned here, but really it, you can't hide the performances because if the performances don't work, this is essentially a two-hander for the most of the film. And if either one of these performances aren't spot on, your movie does not work. And I think that the success of this really comes down to the casting here. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, that was always my intention was like the big fascination for me was about the relationship between these two people um, and what um, the, this extraordinary circumstance that they're in and how does that, how does that go down? You know, yeah. like how does how do they go, go roll with each other and, and try to find what they need from each other and protect themselves and all of these things. And so we definitely knew we needed from the beginning, we needed really powerhouse vets, like people who really smart, 
not play like I always like to say like is that an actor who's going to play in my sandbox it's like somebody that will get we're doing dark stuff here we're exploring big issues but we're keeping it grounded in a character kind of level are you down with that and they Anna and Linus were both so down with that and just really gave these incredible brave performances in every sense of the word like talking about examining toxic masculinity talking about like you know how to walk the line between somebody who would be incredible, incredibly vulnerable, but has such a history of strength, you know, yeah. that Darlene has, and trying to walk that line throughout the, the tone of that um, was always something that we were so fascinated with and obsessed with. And it was, yeah, I'm just very grateful for their performances. I mean, what a gift. Who gets to make a first feature with actors like this? Like, are you serious? Like, I just kept being yeah. like, really? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you that. How did you pull that off? I mean, I guess it's the material that drew people in that made them say yes to this. But I mean, you look at the history of these three actors and it's some. Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookman's, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys uh, and movies and, and the coffee news. You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front? That's yes. great. So, last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? A stick from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the uh, ex... Uh, as the cover, sorry, sorry. So, no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So, based on this cover, you see grass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart. Because in this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter and New York's turns into a prison in this movie and there's the hero as you can see very strong in fact oh yeah now this is one of my favorite movies i love this movie now you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old but do you think in a couple years from now when you get a little bit older you'll want to check out escape from new york yes okay what's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at bookman's that you like come here talk so that people can hear you a little shop of horrors little shop of horrors that's a great movie so when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Um, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was a good idea. The body of work there amongst the three of them it's just some of the best stuff i've ever seen honestly it's oh my pretty... god yeah and i'm a super fan so it was yeah. like every every uh, it was it was so exciting to be like you know when you're writing and you direct something you want somebody who's gonna um who's really gonna be able to understand it who's gonna really be able to to carry that through and have that kind of courage and um and have the skill for it because there's so much just raw skill excuse me skill that's involved in something like especially something like this where it is so dialogue heavy and yeah. stunts and you're talking about the precision of like knowing it's loaded with backstory in terms of like it's I like to call it an unofficial haunted house story because it's like it's not technically haunted but boy 
it's heavy with Sally and Julie and everybody and dear old Patrick, you know, there's just, yeah. there's a lot of that stuff that's in there. And so we needed really fantastic actors to pull that off. We knew we would be sunk if we didn't have that. And I got incredibly fortunate, but it was a very pure way that this happened because I had written the script and I went to, I had been home with my daughter. I'd been staying home with my daughter to care for her. She's autistic and she needed a lot of help with advocacy and all these things. And I was like, okay, she's doing better. Thank goodness. How old um, is she, how old is your daughter? She's 11 now. Okay. So, and she was diagnosed when she was three. So it was like writing things all this time and, uh, and just going, I don't know how I can do it though. I can't, I have my husband, but he has a full-time job. So it was, it was like, how do we do this? And finally she started to feel better. And I started to just feel like if I don't make something, I'm going to go nuts. Like it's just that thing that artists have, right. Where yeah. you're like, you have to create, or you're just not going to be fun to be around. Um, so I basically, I took this script to Stacey Jorgensen at company X, who is an old friend of mine, like true. Like we went to USC, we, um, we made short films together. I like second ad on one of her features first on her first feature like went to michigan and slept in a bunk bed in the production office like we're you know sisters from another mister and so i went to her and i just said you know you're playing in this sandbox that i want to play in do you at least could you read the script and tell me is there somebody that i can send it to i'm not expecting anything yeah. and she goes i want to she calls me after she reads it i want to produce it and i'm going to bring it to my company i know when does this happen? It That's doesn't great. happen. It's so interesting because I keep saying that our film is sort of an, a, a bit of a fairy tale in a way, like a dark, dark fairy tale. And the the genesis of it was also had this sort of fairy tale aspect of like these, you know, Stacy and I like kind of she she just like became my champion. She brought it to the to company X, and to my shock, because she was even like they're very picky. You know, they've made some of the best genre movies that we've seen yeah. last like 10, 20 years. So it's like, she's like, they're very picky. They're going to say no, but we have, let's ask them first, polite, you know, and then we'll find its home. But then to my shock, they were like, we're in. And I was like, me directing, you directing. Amazing. And I was like, what? You guys know I'm a middle-aged housewife, right? Like, you know that? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, like they met, I met with them and they were, we, we just vibed and it worked out. And I literally found out that we got the yes from them. I was picking my mother up for Christmas at the airport. So it's like, again, this Christmas thing, always. Just always coming together yeah. like that. That's, you know, the idea of I'm a middle-aged housewife that I, as a 46 year old guy, those are the people I want to hear from. Yes, I'm, thank you. I, I, Me I'm too. sorry. And as a parent of a seven-year-old who has autism, it's like, yes, I oh, want hey, to hear we're in the your same story. Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I, I get, great. Yeah. Oh, it can, I understand how that can take up your whole life. You could oh, dedicate yeah. your life to only advocating for your child. And that could yeah. be, but if you don't leave anything for yourself, leaving that room for yourself, you feel so fucking guilty doing it sometimes, but you have yeah. to do it. Yeah, it's like the the thing they say, right? You have to put the mask on your own face in the airplane and then you can put it on your child. It's so true. You have to take care of yourself. And and if you're an artist, you have to create and you just can't be as good a parent if you're not. And so I'm always I was always writing things and I was always making up stories for my daughter. Oh, tell me the uh, tell me that story, mom, about the trash can, you know, like yeah. all the time. But it's just it's different when then I get into this position where I'm making 
film the film with this incredible crew this incredible cast i mean kim sherman who was my real creative partner on the film a producer she produced your next like she produced sun don't shine like she's yeah. incredible artist or you know like as we talked about our cast or you know i mean you go on and on jack caswell our dp is just like this like literal giant of a man who was like the gentlest person and he's just like Oh yeah, so like we'll do this like in it's sort of like right we were talking about this alley it's like prisoners meets revolutionary road for the scene okay great so we'll light it from this and you know it, it was just so moving and there were times where it was very overwhelming because it was like wait why is everybody asking me what I think and I would be kind of like too deferential in times because I was like not used to it it was like I was used to just what does Bethany need my daughter you know and so it was just and it ended up so much in the writing and also in the making of it being a part of Darlene's story as well, like her sort of self-actualization, obviously in a much worse way than me getting the make Well, I think you're, you're talking about this idea in the beginning that it's finding inner strength that's been there the whole time to get right. through this whole experience. There is an inner strength that it just waking up every day took and then to go out and to do the life she has. And it's just, you see her building on this and just this thing awakening in her throughout that you knew was there the whole time, but it's just, it's revealing itself. And it's because she's at that crisis point, that tipping moment where she's about to just give in and let go. Yeah. And it's just such a wonderful little story. And I, I really hope people will check this out. I'm glad that they'll be able to see it theatrically or they'll be able to stream it if they want either way, you know, depending on what you're comfortable with. I personally, I would love to be able to see this with an audience because I could imagine there's certain moments that would just play beautifully here with the pack yeah dance. I'm so excited because I haven't seen it with any audience yet we didn't do festivals because again oh, wow. part of the fairy tale of it I mean I, I mourned not doing festivals because I do think that's such a um such a moving experience and yep. such a great community builder but the plus side was like we were like here's our theatrical <laughs> like we know we have a distributor again when does this happen it doesn't happen so doesn't. I've just been so grateful and I'm really looking forward to seeing it with audiences. I'm going to like take every group of my friends in town and go haunt all the <laughs> theaters in LA. So if you see this hair at a theater, <laughs> it might be me. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. But I also am very respectful of like, hey man, we're still, COVID is still a real thing. And um, we have and, three uh, major things going right yes, now. Yes, and, so and, and, bu and budget is a real thing. I respect it. I get it. But I do think, you know, there's a, often a, a feeling that a, a small movie like ours is something that you stream. But I feel like because it is so emotional and there are so like, there's so much great stunts, the look of it, the sound of it, I feel like you're just going to get a better experience in the theater if you can grab I'm it. 100% with you on that. To me, some of the best things to see are very close personal things. That's what I want to experience with an audience. Thrillers, horror movies, comedies, those are really great as a communal experience. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't think that seeing certain movies that people call the theatrical only, that's what you have to see in a theater. It, it'll happen eventually. I'll see it. I won't even want to, and it'll find its way to me. Something like this, this is the kind of thing I want to support. And I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be more because for the first out of the gate, I, I'm hoping that you have more in the chamber because I want to see more from you. Allison. Thank you. I have lots more in the chamber. Good. I've been write, writing for years. I can't wait to get right back at it and make another thing. So well, I'm going to hold you to that because <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a greedy American consumer and I want more already. So happy to provide, sir. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Allison. It was a pleasure to meet you. It was a pleasure to meet you too. Happy holidays to you and your Thank family. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope